0: I'm Stu Whiffin, and I'm Adam Richardson. And not only are we the editors of Pod Bible Magazine, we're also your hosts for the Pod Bible Podcast, the podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. It doesn't get more meta than that, right?
1: Hello, and welcome to Pod Bible Podcast, episode forty-one. How are you all doing? How are you all coping in uh, in lockdown? strange strange times we find ourselves in before we get on with today's episode are you up to speed did you catch last week's episode well if you didn't make sure you go back and have a listen because you missed Buddy Peace talking about Buddy's Buddies you missed Tessa Coates talking about Nobody Panic and you missed the wonderful Gary Mansfield talking about the Ministry of Arts so go back and check it out or better still subscribe and if you subscribe Then each week, it'll just pop up on your listening device, all ready for you. I don't have to do anything else. Also, I'd like to say a huge thank you to everybody that took part in last week's Pod Bible listening parties. They were a huge success. We, We put them together, and we're trying to kind of keep thinking of exciting, interesting things to do while we're in this quarantine situation. And... We was just blown away by how many people got involved, tweeted along. It was so good that all the hosts of the podcasts and the, the guests all got stuck in. So it was a, a real good thing. So thanks thanks so much to, to to the guests and to the hosts and most of all to you lot. Let's get rolling with today's episode. First of all, talking about their podcast, over to Reese James.
0: Right, we're here with Reese. Hello Reese. Hello. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you. So, you know, we know we know that you uh, do a lot of different things, um, but we want to specifically talk to you about your podcast. Um, so if you could start off by just telling us what it is, what it's called and uh, how it came about. Sure. It's called Early Work. Uh, it's a Radio X podcast, but it's all about
2: basically getting performers and writers and broadcasters and actors and all sorts of stuff, musicians, to come on and basically read me the creative writing they did when they were younger they don't necessarily have to be children a lot of people who've done it so far have been children or teenagers adolescent writing is what um inspired it because i did a lot of teenage writing angsty poetry mm-hmm. um, but and i sort of assumed everyone would have that but everyone's very different so like people come <laughs> on with stuff from when they were five and then it's much harder to take the mick out of it because if you're five you sort of get immunity don't you whereas if you're 17 like i have yeah. my poems you go mate you should have known better by this point but it's all about getting people to read that. So we have a we have a conversation before that, all about you know, what you were like at school creatively. You know, were you encouraged to be writing and performing things? What sort of stuff were you coming up with? Have you got any memories of, you know, putting yourself out there being embarrassed or it going really well or any stuff like that? And then you come into the work that you've selected to read me. And they read me various things, you know, all sorts of different things have been on so far. So like a lot of people come on with poetry they wrote at all different ages. Um, Mark Watson, he came on, he had like all these like, little novels he wrote when he was five. And he had a newspaper that he made when he was seven. Like Tom Rosenthal came on, he had these actual recordings of cricket-based raps that he'd made um, for his cricket team. Cricket raps? Cricket raps wow. for the Cookham Dean Cricket Club. Uh, to inspire the team in a match he couldn't play in because he was injured. (laughs) Um, So he made some raps instead. And bear in mind, that's like a local cricket club. So that includes people from ages like nine up to like 60. So there were 60-year-olds in that dressing room listening to Tom Rosenzweig like, Cook'em Dean Cricket Club, and like doing these ridiculous songs. Um, Nick Helm came on with all this sort of dark poetry. Lolly Adafope did some fan fiction about a TV show called Everwood, which I'd never heard of. Uh, Rose Matafeo had all these spooky short stories like everyone comes on with different stuff Tom Lucy had song lyrics from a band he was in when he was 10 years old and the song was called 100% American even though he was born in Surrey and was based in Surrey at the time So it's basically just fascinating. You get a great insight into the way everyone behaved when they were a kid and sort of what they thought they were going to be and what they thought of themselves. And they do all this sort of writing. And then after they've sort of read it and we've analysed it a bit and tried to get to the bottom of what they really meant and what they were trying to get across or who they were inspired by and whether or not they'd be a fan of themselves now based on what they were writing then, I then score them on three categories, which are originality, um, pure teen horniness which it turns out doesn't apply to a lot of people and actually becomes quite uncomfortable. When I first conceived of the show, I thought, oh, that'll that'll be a funny one because everyone will be 15 when they wrote this and it'll be all like the most frustrated writing you can imagine. Um, But no, a lot of people are five and it feels very uncomfortable when I say that's the category. Um, And then the third one is the Mickey Mouse Club score slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score, which is all based on how much potential does this show for who you've gone on to become? So, do I see you represented in this? Um, And then after that, level the playing field. It's only fair if I read out some of my early work. So, then I read something back to them and then they score me on the same categories. And then once we've done that, um, we just, the guest just plays us out essentially with one last piece uh, that they've held back that I don't analyze and that we put music under or sound effects or some production as their big like finale. And the idea behind that was to give it the public airing they would have wanted when they were a kid when they wrote it, finally now they've got a platform to come and share it with the world and we'll make it into like a big production. So then that, that's it essentially, that's the podcast. And it's been, I mean, it's really fun. It came about because I just have this enormous back catalogue of poems and stories and like a little school newspaper that I made. I've just got so much stuff and it's not schoolwork,
0: crucially. A lot
2: of this stuff is not meant to be things you did at school. It's meant to be stuff you did in your spare time because you wanted to do some creative writing for fun.
0: Is that stuff that you've just got in a in a folder on your desktop and your computer, or is it? I mean, I imagine a lot of it's just done on paper, like scraps of of paper, homework diaries, or things. Yeah, like well, that. Yeah,
2: well, I'm of a generation where a, a great deal of it is on the is on my laptop. So okay, I've just, it's just come from laptop to laptop. I've just always moved it across and not deleted it because so much of it came when I was seventeen. Some of it when I was like eighteen. Hmm. That's ten years ago. So it's not that long okay yeah to keep hold of no. that stuff and then I sort of I guess in the back of my mind I probably thought this will be useful one day I've tried doing them on stage so there's a couple of the poems I've tried reading on stage as a sort of I wrote this when I was this age isn't this crap or isn't this mental people I don't think believe it when you do it in a stand-up context because they just like well mm. you've obviously just written that to say oh look at I this that yesterday exactly yeah mm. but when you're having a frank conversation about what you were like then then it all kind of makes sense. So I've got them on there. I have got a few things on paper, but there's all people come on with all different stuff. So I've had different generations of people. Some people come on. Nick Helm just brought in an old laptop and just said, "Just I'll just click randomly." Nick Helm just had so much, so many documents. He was like, "I'll just click on a random one and read it." And we did. It. We barely scratched the surface of his stuff. Whereas Kerry Godliman came in with this old folder that she had that was full of all handwritten stuff. She had like a handwritten letter that she'd sent to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um <laughs> just wow. saying he was really good in a play that she saw. Uh these are the pre-Twitter days, so she had no choice. Yeah. Um Joel Domit is one of the people a few people have done this where they've like got their parents or something back home to find a specific thing and then just send them a photo of the piece of paper. So Joel Domit had a play that he'd written with his mum, um, that won a competition actually. He won 250 quid for it. And uh wow. he just made me play a few of those parts and then we would just read back and forth his play. It was all about a murder mystery in an old people's home. It was a very strange thing to do. Joel Domit, I mean, national hunk, Joel Domit, writing a murder mystery about an old people's home with his mum when he was a child. It makes no sense.
0: That is excellent. And uh, yeah, great. I I imagine it's um, quite an interesting format for your guests to to really get them thinking or get them, as you say, digging through old laptops or perhaps, you know, uh, visiting their parents'
2: It's an excuse to make them go and visit their parents, yeah. I mean, it's sort of... Become, yeah, get up in the loft. It's become a little bit more difficult to do in lockdown because people are like, mm. I do have stuff, but I've got no way of getting it. So uh, Matthew Crosby, for example, is supposed to be coming on it soon and he's got all these old radio interviews that he did in this band. He was in like some metal band or something or some some rock and roll band and he's got all these great songs, but they're all on cassette and he uh, his mate's supposed to be bringing them around, but obviously now can't do that. And then yeah. I said to him, How are we going to play a cassette anyway? What are you talking about? But he was like, Yeah, mate, I'm a different <laughs> generation. I'm sorry, I'm old. But so it's, it's a bit weird because some people need to go home. John Kearns was like, went home, spent two days in the loft finding all this stuff, found a rejection letter from Channel 4 for something I picture them when I was about 13. It was an emotional roller coaster. I mean, people approach it differently. Carrie Godleyman said she thought she was going to cry because while she was looking back through the stuff, she was getting close to tears so she thought while well, talking about it she would cry but i'm i'm the sort of perfect host if you want to not cry because you're reading your work and i'm basically okay. calling you a prick so it, it doesn't really lend itself to oh and what were you going through at the time It's just me going you idiot yeah i, I mean i'm not very yeah. really forgiving okay. so, so which okay. oh, is in an attempt I think that's good kid. though yeah it's got to, I'm, it's a comedy podcast it's meant to be funny we're not trying to actually yeah exactly like, this isn't life stories or anything like that i just want to you know take the look <laughs> out of other people so that i feel okay about my work matthew horn came on recently um he okay. had a big old nice. poetry book from when he was a kid that he'd completely forgotten about uh, and then he started writing poems again recently and then was like whoa god these are these are actually not shit how am i good at this and then his mom said oh you used to win poetry competitions always he won a poetry competition with a poem about nelson mandela when he was 10 years old um which unfortunately oh, he didn't that. have the he didn't still have that poem he had poems about pies and football and dogs
0: in bins but <laughs> he didn't have the
2: other stuff yeah no, it's ridiculous <laughs>
0: And I mean, if, uh, you know, that you get a brand new listener uh, who who has listened to this and thought, yeah, that that's the kind of podcast I'd like to check out. I mean, you said you haven't been going for an awful long time. Do you think it's good just to start with episode one or do you think there's another episode that would be a good starting point?
2: Um, episode one is a particularly good starting point just because it's Rose Matafeo and it was the mm-hmm. pilot And she is just the perfect guest because she's so enthusiastic. And she was just, she she was my first choice. When we were doing a pilot of this show, I was like, well, I want to get Rose Matafeo to do it. And luckily she was available because she, I just knew she would have great stuff and she would be so up for doing it and really up for embracing it. And I knew that she was a bit of a weirdo when she was a kid and she was a bit like me. And so I read her a poem in that episode that I thought was so embarrassing about um, evolution (laughs) And about the Garden of Eden and stuff like that, and it turns out I have about ten of those poems about the Garden of Eden, and it, <laughs> okay. oh, God's not real because yeah, I was seventeen, and that's what you like at seventeen, isn't it? So I mm-hmm. read her a poem that I always thought she was going to say, "Reese, this is the most embarrassing thing." And she said, "If I went to school with you, I would have fancied you so much." And I was like, "Well, where were you, okay?" Because I read that at my school, <laughs> and I've got to tell you, the feedback wasn't positive. Um, yeah. As they start with that, what I would say is, save the Tom Rosenthal episode for a little bit because even if you don't go in order, don't go straight in with Tom Rosenthal because it's a great escalation of people coming on and reading stuff out and then getting to Tom Rosenthal, which is like taking it to the nth degree. It's basically early work with an exclamation mark, that episode, because the production he's already got on his own content is insane. I mean, he's really, he knows how to make a rap song. I'll tell you that. I mean, he's really thought about these songs. And one of them's a diss track as well. Now that's pretty important. He got in a beef with someone at his school and instead of settling it with a fight, he was—he went to such a middle-class school that they made rap parodies against each other instead, and that's the big finale of wow. the episode. So I'd say keep keep that in the locker,
0: that one, um, and just yeah, yeah start at the start generally. Okay, cool. And and plans moving forward? Obviously, I mean, usually we ask, guess this, and it's usually a case of yeah, just going to keep recording, keep putting episodes out, maybe do some live shows, and but uh, obviously under current circumstances, are you able to keep recording remotely and trying to just I've, I've done one so far
2: um remotely with uh dan schreiber of no such a thing as a oh, excellent. yeah. Name, um which was brilliant he wrote a musical when he was at school all about one of his <laughs> mates that they did before at school wow. uh, and he played god in it <laughs> so there you go take from that he wrote himself about, in as god wrote himself in as god yeah oh he directed it as well and cast it and produced it and did everything he starred in it it was ridiculous and wrote it Anyway, power yeah. mad, absolute power mad. But it's a re- that was a yes. really fun episode. Yeah, speaking to Dan, I'm trying to, I want to turn it into a visual format slightly. So I've always, when I first had the idea, I wanted to do it as a thing where I always wanted it to be a podcast, but I wanted it to the big finale where we take their piece of work and then turn it into something with production. I always imagine mm-hmm. that being like a visual format where we turn them into kind of like actual like music videos. You know, like we really go for it. I like, just picture yeah. like, especially if it's like a, an overly earnest, deep poem, doing it in some big warehouse that's sort of abandoned, then just shoot it on like the best on like 4K and just make it look amazing with like these big sweeping shots. And then like drone shots of just like the most earnest 16 year olds angst about, you know, being lonely. I'd just love to.
0: That does sound good.
2: I'd love to do that eventually. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get the budget for that, but that would be where I would want to take it. I wouldn't call it a plan, but, you know, hopefully someday do something with that. Yeah. And also the other idea was I sort of always wanted to talk to people about this and then as a surprise without telling the guests say, okay, and now for the big finale of the show, we will now go and perform these at an open mic night. And you're not allowed to tell the audience it's a joke. And so they would take, (laughs) even if they wrote a poem when they were five. So like Jade Adams, for example, wrote a poem about the flu appropriately when she was 18. Mm -hmm. And I'm not speaking behind her back. I said this to her face. It sounds like it's written by a four-year-old. It's ridiculous. It's such a (laughs) base. it's so basic. She was really embarrassed. Um, (laughs) Midway through reading it, she looked at me like, oh, what have I done? Why have I agreed to come onto this? (laughs) Can we stop? Um, Exactly. But if she had to go to an open mic night and read out that poem about flu, to an, audience, to, an, to an open mic poetry audience all clicking their fingers instead of clapping all pretentious. <laughs> it would be one of the greatest joys of my life. So, I mean, maybe someday we'll turn it into something where we can do that and you can see the reactions of people's faces and just put it on YouTube or something. But yeah, in the meantime, definitely just keep trying to record in the face of... Against all odds, we will keep trying to record more episodes.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds like there's uh, lots of potential there for various spin-offs and things. Um, yeah, yeah, thank absolutely. you very much, Reese, for, for coming on. Thank you for having me.
1: There you go. Thank you very much, Reese James. That was the first one that we've recorded in lockdown. So uh, it's been really interesting seeing how podcasters have been adapting to the, the situation that we're finding ourselves in and the different ways that they're going about recording remotely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, been really interested to see how different people have took different avenues to, you know, with, with different results as well. I think we all wish we would have took shares out in Zoom before this, this lockdown happened. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be straight back. Welcome back. Okay. Guest number two. We've got the first recommendation coming up now, and it's over to Kalichi Okafor. We're
3: here with Kalichi from Say Your Mind. Um, We'd like you to recommend us a podcast, please.
4: (laughs) So I would recommend the Yellow Cup podcast by Toby Rachel It's just brilliant. Toby used to be a journalist at the Metro, I think. And now she's just, you know, full in with recording podcasts and doing her thing. And I love her interview style. I love the way that she chats with people. She's just mature. I I can't say that about myself. Like, I feel (laughs) like I'm childish at times. I just think she's mature. And she has a way of like getting really, really good conversations out of people. So it's really nice to listen to her do that.
3: Yeah, it can be really inspirational when you, you tune into something, and it feels like, oh, that's how a grown up does yeah, it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing, and it can be really I- inspirational
3: yeah. in in it's that just, way.
4: It's nice. It's um, it's mature without feeling kind of boring. Um, yeah. Clearly, that's why I'm recommending it. Yeah, I just think that there's an expertise. There's a there's a, a particular way to chat with people that I think she does really, really well. And they have um, conversations about really important issues. So I think, you know, she's spoken about mental health as well. And she has a way of talking about, I guess, the black experience as well, without making it like, guys, this is about black things. Yeah. You know, it's just easy. It's, it's easy listening. I like it a lot.
3: So she has guests on. Are the conversations based around the guest or is the guest based around a topic that they're discussing um, on that episode? How does it?
4: Um, Usually I think it's based around the guests. Yeah. Because again, you know, she's got them in, she's got them into the studio. So they, they will talk about the guests initially. And I think it then just kind of goes off and then you have broader narratives to talk about as well. And I enjoy that because sometimes we already know quite a bit about the guests. So it's nice to just hear what they think about particular things as well. Mm. Um, That makes a difference. That makes you feel a bit closer to them.
3: Yeah. And 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 does the the current affairs angle of it does it feel good, or do you ever listen as someone who hosts a podcast on your own? Mm. Is it enjoyable or almost enviable to hear someone have someone else to t- discuss these things with? So particularly yeah. when they've got past the guest type part of it mm. and they get onto the current affairs type thing, they can go back and forth and have a yeah. debate rather than here is my view.
4: Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Peace. Um, (laughs) Yeah. it seems fun. It seems fun to just have that some like person to bounce off its energy as well. And just having that different perspective, like someone can say something and then they just go off on a tangent and talk about something else. And that's enjoyable to listen to as well. Just natural conversation at times, really, really funny, like really, really funny and just intelligent conversation as well. And the kind of person that I know Toby Rachel to be, um, she's really, really, progressive and she's just wonderful so it's nice to hear her in conversation with other wonderful people
0: great and what about the yellow cup what, what's that in reference to
4: okay
0: where did you hear about the podcast
3: how did you discover On it
4: instagram yep. so I'd, we'd been following each other for a while and i remember her um, kind of announcing that she was going to go freelance and then after that she said oh then i've got this podcast coming out the yellow cup Uh, Podcast, And I really love artwork, you know, for the different podcasts, like Mm -hmm. you can really make a statement with that. And I just love that hers was so unapologetically like black and woman with like long yellow nails and the yellow cup and the braids. It just, it just looked great. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to listen. I'm judging a podcast by its cover. I'm going to listen off the basis of that
3: i mean it's a really interesting point because yeah. i think it's something that, that we've not really discussed on here but it's it gets overlooked a lot mm-hmm. and people will be like i'll start a podcast and then the artwork will be an afterthought and <laughs> yes. it can really mean that you will browse and go oh no that it doesn't look professional it exactly. doesn't look like it's something i want to be anything to do so it's it is it's a really interesting point that you saw the artwork and thought yes yeah. this is for me this yeah. is this is what i want to hear
0: that's how I was drawn to Say Your Mind initially. <laughs> when I found Say Your Mind, I was yeah. looking through uh, lists of different podcasts yeah. and I saw your artwork and thought it was really great and Thank then clicked you. on it and read about it and then obviously found out that it was a good podcast <laughs> thanks, as well.
4: Um,
0: so, yeah, yeah, it is very important.
4: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of the things I went and read about when I wanted to start a podcast, like how to start a podcast. Mm. And I remember seeing Have Good Artwork. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I just thought what artwork would... Do well with what I want to talk about, and the birth of Adam just made sense. Um, And giving over a straw, yeah, Um, just yeah, it just kind of made sense. But I had a great graphic uh, designer as well. So looking at Toby's one, seeing that kind of bright yellow color, and just seeing just all of the themes were apparent in the in the artwork to me. Um, But then again, tarot and deconstructing things comes like naturally. So looking at it, I just knew it would be the kind of thing I'd want to listen to based on what the character has mm. in the artwork
3: I love that so to round things up on this is there a specific episode of Yellow Cup Podcast that you'd recommend a new listener to start with or mm. again is it a, yeah. a start yeah, at the beginning start at the current
4: yeah um No, I think they're all great. I think because it's so current, I would say that, yeah, it's best to just start with the most recent episode. And I think because people develop over time, it's a great way to kind of see, boom, this is where they're currently at with what they're doing. And they seem seasoned now or they sound seasoned now in what they're doing. So listen to this one. And if you want to, then work your way back.
3: I find it interesting with podcasts hosted by journalists, there's so much, knowledge and research there that the conversations will always be of a high standard yes. so i often find it hard to remember which guests they had in when they had that conversation yeah, yeah. or that like there'll be all these moments i remember but it's like i can't tell you when merges. that happened i just remember learning from that yeah that experience yeah
4: that's what it is for me it just kind of merges into one And I kind of listen to things and because I listen to so many different podcasts as well, everything just turns into this one big conversation in my head because everyone's approached it from slightly different perspectives. Um, (laughs) But in terms of uh, Toby, she's just great at journalism and it really comes across when she's chatting with people. The
3: challenge is always trying to trace back all the different conversations that built my opinion on this subject. (laughs) I've heard five different podcasts. I can't can't remember how I came to this. But, Yeah. yeah, it's from all of that. Yeah, It's perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
1: There you go. Thank you very much, Kalichi Okafor of the Say Your Mind podcast. Um, what a recommendation. Yellow Cup podcast. Go and check that out. Also, really, really enjoyed the Say Your Mind listening party we did last Friday. So thanks to Kalichi and everybody that got stuck into that. Okay. Our final recommendation today, um, we're going to head over to Lucy Porter of Fingers on Buzzers podcast. Lucy. Can you recommend me a podcast, please?
5: I can, and I am going to recommend one that is close to home for me. Literally, it's recorded in my house. Uh, It's the Jeremy Lyon podcast, and I must confess, this is a bit of nepotism, uh, Jeremy Lyon is a comedy character who is um, created by a man called Justin Edwards, with whom I share the marital bed and uh, Jeremy Lyon is a character he has done for years. He used to do Edinburgh shows as Jeremy Lyon, who's a kind of drunk, slightly shambolic children's entertainer and uh, everyone loved Jeremy Lyon. It was a really fun show and Justin hasn't done it for years, but he's brought it back. And this is another thing that I really love about about podcasts is that sometimes... There's stuff that, you know, ideas that people really like, but you think, well, it's not really commercially viable, you know, it's not really going to be sort of a TV thing because it's a bit too dark or, um, and it can find a home in podcast. So he has created, there's only four episodes. So it's not one of those where you go, oh, God, oh, there's 12 series. I can't be bothered. Um, four episodes of Jeremy Lyon. And it's, he's created a podcast for children. But I have to stress, it's very much not for children. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let your children listen to it. Because it is. Uh, he does one about space. There's one about the environment. There's uh, a Christmas special, which is, I think, the one that I might recommend people start with. Um, and it's Jeremy trying to find fun little makey-doy things for the kids to do he sings songs some of which are incredibly unpleasant there's uh, one about uh, how do you do your business on the moon in the space in the space show which is a very graphic depiction of how astronauts uh, dispose of their urine and faeces and it really (laughs) turns my stomach even to think of it but yeah so if you have a strong stomach and you like slightly tragicomic dark stuff it's a bit I would say if you like Viz, like if you like The Drunken Bakers by Barney Farmer, which I think is genius, it's in a similar kind of vein to that. It's slightly dark, slightly tragic, but very funny and very gross.
0: Okay. And you say there are only four episodes. I mean, this recording might come out in a, in a little while. Are there going to be more? I don't has
4: got anything to say well,
5: about it. You know, I'm sort of torn. I really like the podcast. But actually, if you listen to it, hmm. you can hear on it the precise moment where our toilet broke. Okay. Which was part of something that Jeremy Lyon was doing. So I, I sort of don't want him to do it anymore because of the sheer <laughs> physical damage to our home. But I do because it's very funny. So yes, I subscribe to it, and then maybe that will prompt him to actually get his get his finger out and do some do some more.
1: Oh, wonderful, brilliant. Thank you, thank you. There you go. Thank you very much, Lucy Porter. We had an absolute blast with Lucy uh, when she headed into the ACAST building to record this. And I'd never listened to the Jeremy Lyon podcast uh, until she'd recommended it. And I've since gone and listened. And I completely agree with her recommendation there. All right. We've come to the end. So a few things I need to tell you. Sunday, June the 7th, it's a brand new issue. So you'll be able to buy it on the website, you'll be able to get it if you go and buy the, the Sunday Times because we're gonna have forty thousand copies being sent out across the country. Oh my god, I, I can't wait to tell you who the cover star is because it's huge. I'm not gonna tell you though. No. But the best way to get upfront news and and a little heads up on everything that's happening with Pod Bible, follow us on the social media platforms. We're on all of them. Just follow at Pod Bible. And if you've got questions for us or or anything else you want to mention, drop us an email. You can get us on info at podbiblemag.com. And if you want to read back copies of the magazine, you can read every single issue. Uh, you can also buy um, print copies for the price of an envelope and a stamp. We'll, we'll post them out to you. And you can also sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter is really, really good. So once a week, you'll just get this little email that will pop up and it's just a real nice guide to some exciting things that are happening and some really good recommendations and such so yeah please um sign up for that because uh, you will not regret it and the place where you can do all of this www.podbiblemag.com all right that's me done we'll be back next week thanks ever so much for listening thanks for supporting pod bible stay safe and we'll see you next time bye bye